We're back. Episode 66 of the Radio MVP Sports Podcast. Hi, everyone. I'm Tim, along with Anthony. And, uh, yeah, we're going to get our schedule straightened out someday. I'm not sure when. I, I've almost given up on that <laughs> process. But we are back, and uh, a lot has transpired, of course, in the uh, two weeks that we last spoke to you. But uh, we have a lot to get to. And one of the things... I'm just going to let Anthony tell you about the the uh, the exciting news that he has. Yeah, just in some, uh, you know, first it's good to be back, and I know last time we recorded, I said we're you know we're going to get a consistent schedule, but then, like you said, life happens, and it's only Tuesday. So, but yeah, the exciting news uh, in in recent weeks, with I've had some discussions with the uh, chairman of a golf outing that I have had the pleasure of playing in the Cheryl Vidala Memorial Golf Outing. It's every August at Castle Hills in Pennsylvania. And this year, Radio MVP will be a whole sponsor. Um, We are honored and proud to partner with this great golf outing that all proceeds go to Make-A-Wish. I know Tim and I, when we started out, uh, we talked about how we can expand and possibly grow Radio MVP. Um, so I felt w- that this would be a kind of neat way to get out there instead of social media and, you know, word of mouth. Why not be a whole sponsor for a really good cause? Um, it, this cause has raised thousands of dollars for Make-A-Wish and allows people the ability to get things going in the right way. Um, so I decided that it was time for us to do this and make the next step. So we come August 25th this year at Castle Hills, Radio MVP will be at a hole to be determined by the chairman. Um, I'm very proud and honored uh, that we do get to be a whole sponsor. And uh, if you're in the golf outing, check us out. Uh, the sign will read Radio MVP. And then it'll plug our website. So hopefully Excellent. we get some more hits on our website. And uh, there should be right around 130 to 150 golfers. So that could grow us uh, a, a nice range. I'll tell you what. Let's try to hook up with them Yes. before then and have them come on and uh, talk about their outing and uh, – you know, the, the, the entire uh, organization. How's that? Yeah, that sounds wonderful. I will talk to the guy tomorrow. Uh, it's it just such a good cause. I played in it for the first time last year um, and talked to him in recent months. Just understand the, the, uh, w- the why he does it. Um, and it's just, it, it, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, the story really touched me, and I thought it was um, something neat for us to get involved with and donate a little bit of our um, resource to help them out. All right. We look forward to that coming August 25th, August 25th. 25th. So stay tuned for more right here on radio MVP for more information on that golf outing and uh, fundraiser. And again, uh, my thanks to Anthony and everybody else involved to getting the word out about radio MVP. All right, let's, uh, Speaking of uh, getting the word out and uh, disappointments and hurrahs and hoorays and uh, shocks, uh, the NBA had its lottery uh, about a week ago. Yes. And uh, not so shocked 
to me, if you've been following me on social media, I've been saying I expect the Cavaliers to draft five. Holy smoke, I got that one right. Yes, you did. But, uh, I wasn't yeah, going out on a limb. You cracked the code. Yeah, I, I wasn't going out on a limb. They had a better chance at number five than they did number one. So you figure that out. Yep. Someone in the top three had to bounce out of there for the others could get closer to the number mm-hmm. one spot and have value. And uh, the NBA is full of conspiracies, thoughts. And, and Yes, it is. And, and I'm not saying it always works that way. And quite honest with you, the Cavaliers had three number one picks in a row, basically, when they were in a lottery uh, a few years Yeah, ago. that's almost unheard of. I, yeah, and that's just – yeah, exactly. And so be it. Uh, number five, we'll see who they get. Uh, I'm not, I'm not concerned. Should be a quality player. Is it a game breaker? No, but it should be. There's some quality players at five available. Exactly. You have your choice. And you know, it's going to be fun right before that though. I think the shocker across college basketball and the NBA was the Cavaliers hiring John Beeline to be the next head coach. Uh, typical John Beeline style. Mm-hmm. If you know him, every job he's taken, he's taken sight unseen. Mm-hmm. Once he uh, decides this is something he wants to do and it's negotiated, he just signs on the dotted line. Yep. And uh, he did it again. And I didn't realize, but it has been 12 years since he's been at Michigan. It does not seem that long, does it? Yeah. I'll tell you it what. It doesn't seem that long at all. No, I was shocked when I read that. I was like, 12 years? I was thinking it was like seven or eight. And I was, you know, I was shorting him four or five years on his uh, resume. And it's an interesting hire. It really, truly is. It's it's an interesting hire, but you know what? It's out of the box, and I like it. The Cavs needed something different. They needed to change it up. You could always go for the former NBA head coach or the up-and-coming assistant coach. Uh, I kind of thought they might lead lead towards – gravitate towards the Nuggets assistant who formerly coached a Canton charge who was responsible for the development and drafting of Jokic and Murray. But if there's anybody who understands the game now, because college and the NBA is starting to become a little similar, um, it's John Beeline. And you look at where he's been, West Virginia, Michigan, you see he's been there for 12 years. I, I didn't even realize that, but he's won. He's turned Michigan into a national power. Oh, yeah. Final fours in the last five years, or three final fours in the last six years, that's nothing to scoff at. You know, Michigan's not getting the the high-end talent. His offensive sets are things of beauty. And I think if if I can understand the John Beeline offense and maybe what the Cavs need, I think DeAndre Hunter will probably be that guy if – Someone does not grab him before. The NBA draft lottery and draft is always full of surprises. I think we can pencil in one through three. The Lakers is a, are a wild card. And who knows if, if the Knicks and Pelicans will work a deal out for a trade or, you know, you never know. Uh, but I like the Cavs hire, and I love the addition that he made of hiring J.B. Bickerstaff. I think you have a former NBA head coach who he can lean on for advice and you know, the guy's been there, done that. He's been around these guys. He knows how to handle it. So I love the hire by Kobe Altman. I think it's outside of the box thinking. Um, you know, his offensive sets are really good. They're they're fun to watch. 
Michigan's always been fun to watch. And his teams play hard. Now, we'll see how that translates to the NBA. It's, you know, it's hearsay right now. Um, but I, I think the Cavs did a nice job. Yeah, it was a shocker. I'm being honest. It was a shocker. When I heard it. I was like, I'm not shocked over, like, yeah, it's a shocker because his name was never mentioned. Mm-hmm. Unlike David Blatt's, when he was hired, there was it talks was, mm-hmm. about it. He was, part, he was interviewed. There was the belief that the Cavaliers would go outside the box. And, you know, Dan Gilbert is that type of guy. And uh, he always tries to, uh, you know, have the upper hand in different things and try things differently. And, uh, I mean, he's gone through the GMs. He's gone through the coaches in his uh, t- tenure as a uh, Cavaliers ownership. So I'm not like – I wasn't totally shocked. I was surprised. Because I just did not, you know, see him on the radar, and you know, we'll see. I, I don't think it's a. I think it's a. It's an interesting hire, and you know, if this team has a chance to rebound and become a playoff team again, I don't know if it'll, you know uh, what it would take to win a championship again, other than having superstars. I'm not sure that's going to happen anytime soon. However, I do believe. They do have some tradable assets still, you know, they get younger, they could get better. Um, you know, we just have to wait and see. I hate saying that, but it's just, it's a time will tell type scenario. Uh, it was a really, really out of the box type hire. It makes sense. Uh, get a guy who understand young players and, uh, who's, you know, who excites young players and, you know, we'll see if uh, Sexton develops as a point guard or if they go back into the draft and take another point guard who might be available, the best player available type scenario. Uh, I don't know what the Cavs are going to do long-term. But... Don't sleep on the name Darius Garland if the Cavs. Yeah. Yeah. If they want to go point guard route, like you said, and maybe move Sexton into the two guard, um, don't be surprised if that's a name that could be on the Cavs' radar if he's still there um, at five. Yeah, it's going to, like I said, there's a lot of scenarios that can happen. You look now with the Lakers at number four, they have a tradable asset. Yes, they do. Was it enough to move the needle in New Orleans? I don't know. And now that Zion Williams will be in New Orleans, do they, and they, you know, you have David. Griffin now running that organization. Does he reach out to his superstar and say, you know, hey, let's start over, let bygones be bygones and move forward. And you play this year. If you want to become a free agent, you can. If not, you know, we can move forward and try to win a championship together and maybe get a long-term contract. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of potential there. And I still don't know if if the Lakers have tradable assets on their team, but that number four spot for New Orleans could be quite intriguing because they had the number one spot. I think – You know what I'm saying? I could, I could the say Lakers that do potential. have some tradable assets. Um, if you're Anthony Davis, you're kind of you're in a peculiar position because you did want to be traded. You did sit out. You, you, made, you made it clear you want to be traded. But now – you have the opportunity to play with this, who everybody's having up to be once in a decade phenom in Zion Williamson. Do you stick around and see what he's about? Exactly. You, know, you 
and you also have Joyous Randall, who's not bad. Is he a, a tradable asset to get better guards in there? You have Holiday. So the Pelicans right now are probably in contention with Zion and Davis. And, you know, they can, they can compete for a seven or eight seed. You know, the Western Conference is so tough. I mean, it's – or if you're Davis, do you just want to start over again and and then the Pelicans get young and they get two of the top three players in the draft. Right. I mean, anything is uh, – you know, there's a lot of scenarios to uh, be played out. And we'll just have to kind of wait and see – what happens uh, for them all? I was just checking the NBA draft or the NBA scores. And my I believe Toronto is up double digits still. Yeah. 104 to 88. So that series is going to be tied to 120 to 95. So the Raptors have come out at home and uh, yeah. made a statement. Yeah. And uh, now that did. series goes. I'll tell you what, that game three ending was a lot of fun to watch. I did not watch the entire game. I caught the, about the last two minutes of regulation and the two overtimes. And that was fun to watch. Um, I thought when the Raptors won game three, they had yep. an excellent shot at tying this game. I did too. Series up if, and, and see if they can make a best three series out of it. And, I did too. Uh, you know, it was kind of like – uh, like a boxer getting off the off the mat off and the mat. Landing, yeah, landing a few punches, getting back into yeah. the fight, even though he got knocked down, and that's the way I kind of looked at it. And it should be it should be good. I mean, boy, I tell you what, I don't care. It's like becoming the sacrificial lamb to face the Warriors, no matter what. Exactly. That, it? Do the do either of these two teams have a chance? I mean, look, I don't think they have any better chance than the Cavaliers had the last two years. No, I don't either. I don't either. And you had LeBron James in those teams. Yeah. There's not a LeBron James. And, and two years ago was a much better team than last year's. Yeah. And so I, and Golden State is playing with that chip on that shoulder again, and they're moving the ball. And Draymond Green has activated this alter ego he has for five or six playoff games a year where he just goes into extreme playmaker mode. He's raised his points yeah. per game by six or seven points. So It's going to be interesting. You know, yeah, it's going to be. Uh, I will say this, getting real quickly back to the NBA uh, draft lottery. Going into the lottery, uh, two months before the lottery even was announced and who was going to be involved, I kept saying, we don't have to even worry about it. The New York Knicks is going to win this. Yep. <laughs> I think everybody in the world thought that. and shocked I did. not happen. Um, I think Knicks fans had heart attacks. Uh, I think uh, – there's a lot of blood pressure that went up high, and uh, you know Spike Lee is probably just absolutely going berserk, <laughs> and uh, you know Stephen A. Smith absolutely losing his his shit, and uh, you know hey it's funny, but you know I I guess there's some legitimacy to the NBA uh, draft lottery in the end too because you know as a Cavs fan, you know the Cavs lost a lot of games; they only won 19 all season long for a chance to get in the top three and they ended up at number five. So five, you know, it's just, it's, it'll be interesting. You know, here's a question. Yes. For you. And this is something I've heard in the last couple of days. Okay. Now baseball has, has had its problems with what a lot of people call tanking. Yes. 
Would a draft lottery in baseball prevent tanking? Um, I personally like the way the NBA does their lottery. I like it. I, yeah. I think I think they when they made the changes think to make the top three people, it, it changed everything. Exactly. You know, right now I think we can pencil in the Baltimore Orioles to be the number one pick in the oh, draft. We know that. Yeah, we know that. So like last year. Yes, I do. I do think it would um it would add some you know, it would add some intrigue to it. Um because who knows? Uh, I remember a couple years ago when there were all these teams that passed on this high school kid from New Jersey named Mike Trout, you know. So, uh I personally like the way the NBA does their draft lottery. It because if I'm a fan of a team, say the Cavs, the the Suns, uh Right, the neck, something like that. Uh, to to keep engaged for that long of a time period, knowing your team stinks, knowing your team wants to lose, and I don't want to say purposely losing, but that's what they're doing. I think the way they do it now, we will never have to see a Philadelphia 76ers reoccurrence again where every year they were trying to put G League teams on the floor. Um, right. You know, that's what they called the process, you know, yeah, and graphing high. And how's that process working out? Well, I mean, it did turn oh, around yeah. the franchise. It did turn around the franchise. Now, but let they, me play you know, devil's advocate with you. Yeah, they kind of they kind of made changes in the last year. Yeah. They kind of dumped that thought process and tried to win now. A couple years ago. 2013, 14, yeah. 12, 13, the Houston Astros were losing 100 games every year. Four straight years. They picked and, number they, one. and they were tanking to lose. I, if you yes. go back and look at some of those teams, they were awful. And, he, and you look at now what they turned that into. Well, I mean, they had Manny you know? as, their, as their manager oh, at one time. God. and. No, I'm just being serious. Yeah. You know, yeah. Brad, Brad so, Miller all right, was was one of their managers. Do, do you they think it would win because they didn't put major league talent at a high level on the field? Do you think it would change? Yeah, because look what they achieved. They did it. I agree. They for four straight years they lost a hundred games. Yep. And four straight years they had the number one pick in baseball. And you look at that team today and how well they drafted during those four years. They replenished their, their, their minor leagues. And, you know, you look at George Springer, you look at Atuve, you look at the players that they drafted. Um, they did a hell of a job. Yes, and, they did. Um, you know, it's it putting ultimate faith in those who make decisions. Yep. Organizations. And that can bring us to the discussion about the Cleveland Indians. Yep. Uh, the Indians passed the 40-game mark, or passed the, the quarter pull, and we are basically a 500 team at best right now. Yep. Um, yep. And a team that can't score more than three runs a game. And, and it's uh, – I'll say, and this is, I'm not trying to take a complete direct shot at this person. No, go ahead. Played well of late. When, when people are generally getting excited 
to see Jordan Luplo in the cleanup spot, your offense has a lot of problems. And Luplo, since being recalled a couple weeks ago, has swung the bat very well. A guy I would like to see as a Brandon Geyer type guy off the bench against lefties. That's what he but, is. But I go back to my point. When people are getting excited, and I see, and, and here a lot of people getting excited about Luplo being in the four hole. We got problems. We have problems. And um, I just, you know, I know people want to point to Trevor Bauer looks bad. He's walking all these guys. He has the second most walks in baseball and, you know, all this and that. And, you know, Carrasco has been up and down. And you're asking these pitchers to go out and throw one or zero runs every start. Because let's be honest, tonight we got down 3-1. to one. That game was over. That game was over. I knew that game was over. It, when you get down two or more runs, it feels – it feels like a blowout. Now we came back from down five to one against the Orioles on Thursday, but that's the Orioles. They're a triple A team and they're going to lose a hundred games this year. Um, it is the most frustrating thing to me is we can work to count. We work to count and we get in a lot of good hitters counts. Two, 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 one, three, one, and then it ends with a weak roller, or if I see another pop up, I'm gonna. Well, here's I'm gonna stop you for a second here. Traditionally, you are correct. Baseball has changed in the last two, three seasons, and the Indians are being pitched backwards, meaning you're going to see more sliders, more yep. off-speed pitches, and more curveballs, more change-ups than they will fastballs. They're being pitched backwards. In fastball counts, they're going to get off-speed pitches. Yep. Okay. The Indians' batters haven't made the adjustment. However, the rest of the league has already made this adjustment, and the Indians' philosophy right now may be behind the times. On that level, because what you're saying is correct, work the count. Mm -hmm. However, they're not changing their – thing what we're finding out in baseball is probably in the on the first or second pitch is your best opportunity to get a, your best swing at it in a bat right now i agree with that and that's because you're going to find your fastball there and you're going to chase some of them out of the strike zone because people do that nowadays however and a lot of that has to do with launch angle and all that stuff that's part of baseball today i honestly think the way Ramirez, Kipnis, and others are going to get out of any funk they're in is to look fastball and swing at early in the in the account. Not work a pitch pitcher into three one counts, two one counts, and try to you know manipulate the bat that way, which is traditional. The game has changed. Your best batters. Like, for example, I'll give you a perfect example of what I'm talking about. George Springer mm -hmm. is hitting the ball harder now than ever before, and he's swinging at something like 50% of the first pitches he sees. And his hard-hit balls are went from 30% to over 58%. And it's just – it's phenomenal numbers when you look at this. And that – you look at the Indians' makeup, 
the only one who's doing that right now, consistently swinging early in that count, is Francisco Lindor. And look yes. at what has happened in the last two weeks. No one else in that lineup is doing that. But no. the only one who's having success in the last, especially in the last 10 days, is Lindor. And you got to ask yourself why. I bet you if you, you did a breakdown, you're going to see him swinging at earlier in the count. And that's just like tonight. He hit, he hit the home run on what, the first pitch of the game? Se- first or second. Yeah. I think he took, yeah. That's my point. You got to, that first two pitches at in a bat right now, maybe your best pitches to swing at. I that know. Game has changed. People are pitching differently. Where years ago you used to get in a fastball count and you could expect a fastball, you're not going to get it now. You're going to get the slider. You're going to get the, the changeup. You're going to get the curveball depending on the pitcher you're facing. You're going to get a few fastballs. Like if you're facing, let's say, Verlander, yeah, you're probably going to get that. Yep. But you're also, if you're facing someone like Chris Sale, you're going to get the slider. Yes, you are. You know, and that's just the way the game has changed. And that's – the adjustment the Indians, in my opinion, right now, have not made. And the only player, it seems to me, who's made that adjustment is Lindor. That's a phenomenal point. Those are two phenomenal points. Because yesterday, um, I heard a stat or I read a stat, Francisco Lindor's hard-hit ball ratio, like you were mentioning with George Springer's, is the highest it's ever been in his career. So – your point of Lindor being the only one doing that is absolutely spot on. The second point is tremendous also in the sense that the Indians have not made the adjustment yet. And it, and it goes back to, and you brought up the team I'm going to talk about also the Houston Astros last year, after we got swept by the Astros in the playoffs, multiple players, pitchers and hitters alike, said the Astros were, were better prepared scouting and game plan-wise. Do you believe that the Indians' struggles right now are a result of bad game planning by Ty Van Berkeley? Because I've seen and read a couple of things that maybe it's time for him to go. And I'm going to put this out there right now. Van Berkeley is not going anywhere during the season. Well, That's not what Tito does during the season. Well, no. He's not going to be fired during the season. Right, no. And, and the answer to your question is no. I agree uh, with that. I do believe you could change your, your approach. Any player can do that during a season and work on it and say, you know, even Van Burke, he can come back and say, look, guys, this is how the game has changed. This is what's going on. We have the numbers to back it up. We have mm-hmm. the analytics and all that stuff, you know. And I think the Indians should be able to figure that out. I think the Indians really have. It's question now is if, if the players will buy into it. And now, the problem with the Indians lineup in general, I mean, you've talked about this, and I was more of a let's, let's let the season play yeah. out a little bit. Let's yep. see how they – Let's not press the panic button yeah. on April 10th. Let's see what they look like on May 15th. Yeah. And now that that has passed and we're past the quarter mark, the Indians need what I consider a professional right-handed bat, a stick that exactly. hits both lefties and righties. Like, you know, last year, 
in the years previously, when you had a Brantley in your lineup, you had that professional left-handed yep. who could face both left-handed and right-handed pitching and, and be very successful. Yep. I mean, most years he was very successful. Uh, he had a good batting average against left-handers and sometimes even better against lefties than righties. Yep. Uh, that's what the Indians need right now. They need – and let's be honest – the Indians are not going to spend three to five, seven, ten million dollars on that ball player to bring him in, whoever that right. is. Now, I've got my eye on a player who doesn't cost a lot, but it will cost you something to get him. He would fit that mode perfectly for the Indians lineup. And he's an outfielder. Are you thinking about uh, Trey Mancini and Baltimore? Yes, I am. I saw him this weekend <laughs> twice. And I turned to a fan next to me, and I said, "Man, Cindy would have looked really good in our lineup." Yes, he would. I like, I like, I like what I saw. That's the first time, or second time I've seen him in person. It's and, it's what the Indians need right now. They need a yep. professional hitter. Look, he only makes around six hundred thousand dollars a year, so he's not to pry him away. Well, to pry him away from Baltimore, it's going to cost you good quality pitching and a prospect. You know. Who, you know, like, for example, uh, and I'd be willing to entertain this, and I'm sure the Indians may have down this path, and Baltimore said no. Yep. You know, but uh, the Indians have pitching depth. A now, lot of I'm pitching saying, depth. I'm not saying trade your depth, because we've already seen two starter pitchings go down. You know, Go down. You know, you've already lost two-fifths of your starting rotation this year to injury. However... And this is a big – this is like giving up your best young pitcher. But you're going to get something in return. If if getting Trey Mancini meant – and then I don't know what the Baltimore would want, but I'm going to guess a player of uh, Plucko mm-hmm. would be high on their list. Yeah. Uh, I don't think the Indians would give up a couple of their other younger guys who just moved up to AAA in that in this past year. But a Plucko and let's say another either prospect, prospect you know, a low level pro- pitching prospect and a mid level hitting prospect. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may take that much to get them. How? Because Baltimore needs to replenish their depth. They have nobody in their in their system. Their farm system is terrible. Right, and a pitcher is what they need now. Would they be willing to trade a trade Mancini who they'll have under control for another three more years? I, eh, probably not. Maybe, possibly. You know, they can get something in return of value that they see. You know, they get a picture they can control for five years. That might be willing to. You know, that might be something that it's it's really comes down to, you know, Chris Antonini and and the rest of them getting together and figuring out what players they can, you know, I'm sure they've had these discussions, but my point is they need a, a, a professional hitter from the right side who can play every day. Let and me ask. It has to be just because of, I mean, you, it's either has to be a second base where you trade Kipnis away, which I don't think will ever happen. So you don't have to worry about that. Uh, I just think at $14 million, who would take them? And, yeah, I know he's going to take them. Right. Uh, if you let him go and pick somebody else up, that's that. I guess it could happen. You know, uh, I'm not saying it should happen, but it, I I think it 
you know. It could, but yeah, it's but, like it's like winning the lottery. I don't think that'll happen, you know. Uh, however, the Indians don't have great outfielders, but they have a lot of outfielders. If yeah, you I'd be a if you get a professional hitter who's an outfielder, you can play every day, either in left or right. You just do it. Yeah, deal with it with the with the other circumstances that you have to do. That means, for example, if Tyler Naquin never plays again this year or you let him go or trade him, so be it. Let's just put that in perspective. Let's, let's say it's Pleco, uh, Naquin, and another low-level pitcher for Trey Mancini. Uh, I don't think that's asking – I'm not think. put it this way. I don't think you're putting a, a package together that's not representative of what you want. I would do that because Mancini can fit in the top three in the lineup. Right. In a heartbeat. I agree with that. I would do it. And it uh, may take another – it may take four players to get them. Let me say this. I, as you know, am not the biggest Jason Kipnis fan. I have made it very clear. Oh, yeah. However, however, I have no bones about him – what he's doing this year. His – him defensively this year – I've been impressed this year, uh, and I'm not trying to be sarcastic. I have seen a lot of plays this year made by Kipnis that in the past he wasn't making. So, so defensively, he looks really good. Offensively, I think once they put him in the two-hole, he started settling nicely there. Um, I think he's doing a good job of going the opposite way, and we all know when Kipnis goes the opposite field, he's going well. I love his willingness to – lay down a bunt, and most of the time he gets it down nicely. Um, so Kipnis is not one of my major concerns about this offense. Um, well, let me say this. Let me – Go ahead. Go ahead and finish. Well, I was going to move to another point. Go ahead about Kipnis. What you're saying is correct about Kip. And, and Kip recently has hit the ball harder, which is a good sign. Um. And we'll see long-term how he does. I, uh, I like you said, he's, he's taking advantage of what the defense is giving him at times. He, yes. you know, he's, he's trying to get on base. And, and he's doing a good job, 16 in a row. Right, right. 16 games in a row. He's getting on base. So. And the key to the Indians in general is, and this is what tonight was a perfect example of, so they can't string three or four hits together. No. You know, uh, Rick Manning talks about, oh, we got a first and third on the death. Yeah, you're right. But they can't they put first and third. Yeah. They can't do it. They may get yeah. three hits and one run scores, you know, and that's the problem where, you know, uh, you know, the Merc Mercado is going to help you, but, but he's not going to make a big impact right away. He's only a rookie. He's only paid. Right. I mean, he's going to help you, but he's not, well. he's not the savior. Correct. No, 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 no. He's, he's a small piece that's done a nice job right now. The the Indians' main offensive problem, to me, is the disappearance of Jose Ramirez. Oh, the there's Indians no are, question. And, and I was listening to the post-game show driving home from the game Saturday, and Mark Munch-Bishop, who I think does a very good job, had a – he did not want to name – this guy or where he where he is in the front office at but he did say it was a team the indians played in the last two weeks and he said to 
Mark, that it is absolutely incredible the the fall that Harris is on. And then a caller called up and said that he's noticed that when Jose's batting from the left side, his left foot, so his so his back foot when he was going well the last couple years was all the way on the white chalk line closest to home plate this year. And Rick Manning has made mention of this also this year, Jose's backed off three to four inches, which makes it really easy for a pitcher to jam him. And that's also why Anthony Rizzo struggled last year in the first part of the year for the Cubs until he changed. And now he's tearing the cover off the ball. Ramirez, when you throw a pitch on the outer of the plate, the only thing they can do is weekly roll over on or pop it up. I am I don't think moving him down in the order would help. I think he's a I believe Jose should be moved to one. I think you put Jose in the leadoff spot. Because to me, it shouldn't matter where you hit, but to some guys it does. It 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 matters. Um I think Frankie can hit anywhere. And the way he's hitting the ball right now, it doesn't matter where he hits. So I think you put Jose at one and in hopes he'll see more fastballs with Frankie at two or Santana at two, whoever you put at two. And maybe he'll – I don't know. Because right now this has been going on since – I think it's just all mental block. I, 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 I think this is more I – mean, I don't know what else, what else Tito can do. It's, I agree with you. I I don't think it's a physical thing. I don't think it's where his foot is. I don't think it's any of those things. I'm not saying you can't tweak things because that's what you do. But his main reason is metal. Uh, but I think it is weighed on him because he just hasn't been successful. And he, you know, he has streaks of about four or five at-bats where he looks like Jose. And then he goes 15 bats without looking that way. And that's where he's at right now. And I, you know, he's still playing the way you expect him to play. So I don't, you know, I just honestly think right now it's just more of a mental block where if he can get not one big day, but kind of be Kipnis like, as you just mentioned, mm-hmm. get on base. Uh, Seven. Yeah, just get on base to walk. He's 12 or 14 stolen bases. He's being good on the bases. Well, that's, the, that's my point. But He's the problem is getting him on. Player. I think it's just a mental thing. You see him with his head down and his – Yeah, he does not look butt. like he's having fun. No, he does. He, he can see his weight. And it's, hard, and, it's, and it's not hard to blame him. I mean, he, he, he he's in a downward spot right now that, you know, the walk-off home run, like you said, he'll string together four or five at boundary like – Okay, he's you know he's getting going. You know, a couple games ago, Thursday, he had the nice hit to right field, like you talked about. He has these hit or these at bats where he gets on base and he makes things happen. But then he goes back to it's you know is it he's trying to hit everything out of the ballpark? I don't think so. No, you know, what he needs to I do think, is just like, make contact. That's right now. I I. I would like to see a strikeout total from this year to last year through the first two months of the season. I imagine it's much higher this year than it was last year. Uh, hold on. I think his, his total uh, hard hit numbers have to be extremely different than they were last year at this stage. And I, 
honestly believe it's about making contact for him right now. It's about just making contact with the ball. He's swinging and missing, and he is taking strike three a few more times. I think it's just a mental thing. It's 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 a long season. He's going to have to work through. A lot through. of pitches out of the zone that Manning. Well, and and pitchers are changing, and he's chasing, mm-hmm. and you know, you have to make the adjustment, and he can do it. I don't expect him to be the thirty-five plus home run, one hundred and ten RBI guy like he was last year. However, I do believe if he starts performing the way he can, we're going to see similar numbers that you normally do from him the rest of the year. Right now, I just want to see him make contact. That's the key to me is good contact. Yeah. yeah. Like Kipnis is starting to make better contact. And that's the key here. I mean, the Indians lineup, you know, I was talking to someone last week on another podcast and I said the exact same thing. I said, you just can't have two guys batting under 200 on your team that plays every day. And Kipnis has raised his batting average to about 225, 230. Mm-hmm. So that's that's encouraging. But, you know, Ramirez is still struggling. And Ram- that's where the Indians are at right now. Once Ramirez- they- and I'll be honest, I don't know if anything will ever change for Ramirez until you put another bat in that lineup that can produce that can like- the pressure off of him. I completely agree. He's a protection hitter. Yeah, and- he needs somebody, yeah. somebody like – you know, like Incarcion was for them. They knew he could take it deep. Uh, the Indians need that type of, you know, when I say a professional hitter, you know, you know, we we're talking a about major hitter that will give you, yeah, you know, guy, yeah, you know, who gives you protection. I don't care if it's left or right side on that level, but I mean, the Indians need a right-handed stick to, to even out that lineup that can play against right-handers and Jordan Lupro is a interesting young man who has an opportunity to prove himself this year, but he's batting like 188 against right-handers. Yeah, he's not hitting the ball at all against right-handers. Right, and that's the key. Uh, you know, if if he's just your outfielder against left-handers, I get it. And there's nothing wrong with that platoon-type player and a guy coming off the bench and, and that type of thing. However, you need consistency. And that's where the Indians lack right now from the right-handed side of the plate is consistency. Uh, you know, obviously you have a lot of switch hitters on this team. You have, you know, yep. you have Lindo you know, Ramirez, Santana. Right. And that's, you know, that's why Mercado is, is interesting because he's a right-handed stick. Yep. He's not a power stick, but his gap to gap. Yeah, his speed and his ability to create is intriguing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you just – you miss the bat that Brantley brought to your lineup every day. Even though you were going to get – you knew what you were going to get, like you said, a, a major league hitter. Pencil in before the season began, 285. To 300. Well, 285. Yes. That's what he is. 275, 285. You know, 18 home runs and 85 RBIs. You know, that's who he is. You know, on a, you know, some seasons he's going to have more. And you put him in a lineup like Houston, he may produce close to 30 home runs yep. and 100 RBIs just because, you know, he has such he's great better pitching. Well, yep. yeah, he's great protection in that lineup. If there was a better fit in baseball this offseason than Brantley going to Houston, I don't know who it was. There's not. There's not. 
that's a perfect fit to break up Bregman and Correa and Altuve and, and Springer. To your point, in 152 games, Ramirez played in each of the 2016 and 17 seasons. 16 Ramirez had 62 strikeouts. 17 had 69. Last year he had 80. This year he has 29 already. So, yeah, you know, 29. Um, Let's call it 30. Let's just round it up to an easy number, 30, and that's over two months. 30, yeah. Um, so you're looking at you 90 want, strikeouts. Nine, yeah, his career high. Yeah. Um, Probably 100. Stolen bases are up. He only he, he only stole 22 and 16, 17 and 17. Right now he's at 12 through 46 games. So those are up. Like we said, when he's getting on base, he's making things happen. But like you said, his problem is what you need to look for, and I don't know if you're going to find it, is his monthly batting average from last year and compare it to this year. Monthly. Monthly? Yeah, like what he did last April, what he did last May, what he did last June. You know, those are the numbers that you want to compare them to. And if you can compare it over the last three years during those months, you'll find out, you know, how much he's struggling versus what he has done so far. Because – Again, you're talking about, what, 45 games into the season right now, maybe 47 games. But, uh, you know, one-third of the game's almost played. So, you know, you, you, those are the hard things to find on the Internet. You don't always see the monthly breakdowns. Okay. Here is Jose Ramirez last year. Okay, this is his 2018 month. This is – was 2018? Yes, this is his 2018 – monthly stats March and April last year Jose hit 267 14 walks 11 strikeouts in May he hit 336 17 walks 13 strikeouts in June 267 but 20 walks 19 strikeouts July 322 he walked 19 times he only struck out eight then August hit 245, 18 walks, 13 strikeouts. September and October, 174 with 18 walks and 16 strikeouts. Yeah, I mean, there's no question. Since uh, September of last year, we have not seen what we've seen the previous two years from Ramirez. And uh, what's causing that? A lot of people thought it was got, you know, long in his swing and that going for the home runs. I don't know. No, because, I I mean – I will say Frankie this. Said he thinks Jose needs to hit home runs to get him going. You know, that's it. Home runs usually settle a, a player down. That's why, yep. he, he, you know, when you see a player, you know, start making good contact, that's, that's exciting because that's what it takes to hit a home run. Yep. Like, it's like Lindor. Look what he has done over the month of May. And, you know, obviously he started the season with the injury and, you know, it took a while to get going. And, and Ramirez was injured to start the season. So, you know, let me say we're, we're kind of in a, in, in a limbo there. But the key Ramirez, is what you just said there is he batted three, over 330 last May. Yep. Batting what, about 200 this year? Ramirez, um, he does seem to me, you know, like you said, he needs to get good hard contact. When Ramirez is making good hard contact this year, most of the time, it's right at a guy, and that will only play into, like you said, it's become a mental thing. 
even when he does make good contact. Like, for instance, Thursday night, Ramirez smokes a ball in the right field gap. Guy makes a diving catch. Saturday, Ramirez shoots one down the opposite way. The guy makes a lunging grab. You know, so he's when he does make good hard contact, it's it's being caught. And that's, you know, it, like you said, it's it's become all mental now. Um, oh, yeah. And he, that's not, he's not the only problem the Indians have. No, Indians no. Indians have a no. problem. He's not. And, he's and, just a, a big focal point of right. because, because he's of your all-star, your all-star second yep. baseman he's, or all-star third baseman. He's not performing at the level that you expect him to. Uh, but you have other problems. I mean, obviously, you look, you know, you don't have a, a young Gomes, you know, catching every day. And take nothing away. What, what Perez has done is phenomenal. And, and I, you know, he's getting better every, every week and that's fine. But as a professional hitter, that's what I'm talking about. A guy who can hit 260 and, and, yeah. and runs and, you know, last year we've seen what, you know, reminded you of what Gomes can do when he's healthy. And, you know, Perez has, when he's had stretches of playing time, we've seen him do well. And, and we've seen and Perez this ball. year has played well, like you said, and I'm not, well. I'm not concerned about Perez, but what you have, Right now is the cooling down of Santana, even though he, he seems to be spurking up again. So that's good to see. I'll, I'll keep coming back to the same thing. Until they get a right-handed stick that they can put in that lineup every day, that they can bat between three and six, and that they know is going to be there every day and play, they're going to struggle offensively. The trade that, that has me baffled, like you said, they need a professional right-handed bat that, that can hit three through six is trading Yandy Diaz. And maybe that's because I'm a big Yandy Diaz fan. No, I don't care. I mean, that – I'm just not about – to, he I'm not shocked that he's playing well. The thing is, he was stonewalled. Okay, he's a third baseman. You have a third baseman. His name is Jose Ramirez. There was nowhere else to play him other than third base. He wasn't going to play first base. He didn't want to play first base. He didn't want to play in the outfield. He wanted to be a third baseman. I know he's playing some first in, yeah. in, in Tampa. But my point is, the bottom line is, he was – is like Aguilar. You had a first baseman all those years. Yep. Nothing you can do. Sometimes you get stonewalled. And the Indians needed outfielded, outfielders desperately this offseason. So they traded one of their, their best prospects in the infield to get an outfielder. Bowers has been, you know – Average to below average. He's definitely a guy that everyone believes he's going to hit 20 plus home runs and drive in runs long term. But we're seeing a young player still adjust to a major league level. And I don't know. You know, it's not the first time the Indians whiffed. If he did yeah. whiff, it's too early to say. How much, how much longer do you give cargo? Because I know they wanted to give him 100 at bats and he's well, now. Who are you going to replace him with? When Naquin comes back healthy, I'm getting rid of Cargo. See, I, Naquin to me is is, is when Naquin comes back healthy, I'm getting rid of Cargo. Eh, it doesn't matter. Same player. I mean, it. it well, let me put it this way: I don't think you're going to get any better or any worse with Naquin or Cargo. So I, I, I just they're interchangeable to me. Quite honest with you, I send down Naquin and keep Mercado up here. Mercado. Oh, I want Mercado to say. Mercado, yeah. yeah well, yeah. I want. I rather. I rather the bats go to Mercado than 
to go to Nate. What about what about trying out Trace Thompson, who's in Columbus right now? He's a right-handed stick, and he's an outfielder. I mean, if he's awesome. not great, but it, it, well, like here's the thing. Here's here's up. here's what you got, and it's the same thing as when you had Manny uh, Hanley Ramirez. Is you got a lot of options with not great results, and I. I don't care if Cargo's here or not long-term. I don't think he's going to make a difference one way or the other. No. I don't think Naquin's going to make a difference one way or the other. So, I mean, what? I I just – I'm not a big – you need a a real right-handed stick. I don't care. You're talking about two left-handers. I could care less. You know, uh, I want a right-handed stick. I want a guy who can bat right-handed and drive in runs and get on base and who opposition has to worry about. And that's where the Indians miss, you know, in Carcion. That's mm-hmm. what he brought to the lineup. He extended your lineup because he was your number four cleanup hitter. Even though he batted 230, 240 every year, he drove in 110 RBIs. Yep. And that still matters. RBI still matter. I know baseball has changed with the metrics and all that crap. And I'm not saying it doesn't tell you something. It does. However, still got to score runs. You still got to score runs. And how do you, RBIs is how you, in my opinion, how you still tally runs. Yep. Uh, You know, and, and you can make the case it's not as important as it once was. And I understand that. I think everyone goes through war and everything else. And that's, or yeah. created runs plus. And runs all. created and all that, yeah. yeah. And I'm not saying those aren't invaluable Important, but to evaluate. What I'm trying to say is you need a guy who you can put in a lineup that says, yeah, I have to do this. I have to pitch to him. If I make a mistake, it's going to go 400. It's going to hurt me, yep. Yeah. And that's where the Indians don't have that this year. They, I mean, what, uh, Santana leads the team with eight home runs and it's – May 21st. Yeah, Santana and Lindor are – I think Santana they, has the lead and Lindor's right behind them. I think it's yep. eight and seven. Yep. But you look at most teams, their leaders 10, 12, 14 home runs at this stage. And some, if you're lucky, 16 and 17. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're yeah, yelling and all that. Nuts. I mean, you, you got an MB, MVP and what Milwaukee has in Yelich. I mean, that's what the Indians yep. do. They, I, it's easy to say well, that's what they need. Oh, every team needs that, but until they find that right-handed stick, and it's up to Dolan's to give the front office the go-ahead to make the move, whoever it is. Uh, sooner the better, because if you don't make that move, let's say within the next two three weeks, you may never climb back into it. I know you're still in a wild card race, but. Minnesota might run away with this. And this this series against Oakland, the two series against Oakland should be the the flag-waving what's going on here. Yep. Uh, Because you're losing games by one or two runs every time. Every game, yep. And you're playing well enough to win. Uh, Even when you're pitching like Carrasco and and Bowers did back-to-back, you're still in the freaking ball game. You're still in the game. But you can't hit solo home runs, you know. No. Uh, sooner or later, they have it's to like make three-run bombs. 
and the we've had the most solo home runs in baseball. So the base is loaded, walk. You cannot rely on that all the time. You, well, it's not even that. It's it's just you need somebody to come clear the base. You have to drive in runs. When yep. players are on base, you have to drive them in. We've had base loaded three times the past two days and haven't scored. Yeah, yeah. and it's just it continues. I mean, you know, it's until you have someone to extend your lineup. And someone that they have to face that can move runners and drive in runs. Uh, someone who can force a player to go first to third because he hits it in a gap or hits a base hit. Or you can score from second base because he hits it, you know, not right at someone where he, you know, you can only advance one base. You, you have to, you have to be able to, to play the game properly. And the Indians have made a lot of changes this last year to save money. And I get it. We're not the Yankees. We're not no. Houston. We're not, not the Red Sox, the Dodgers. We're not. Yeah, exactly. We're not the angels who, you know, we're not going to pay a $30 million ball player. I mean, I like to say we will, but it's not going to happen. Um, you know, you sooner or later you have to make a decision of what you are and who you are. And if you want to compete this season, you have to look at what you have achieved so far and say, okay, how do I make us better? And how do I make this happen before you're 10 games out? And if you're 10 games out, then you have to change your thinking and say, all right, Trevor Bauer's available. Yep. Uh, Lindor's available. Yep. Bears is available. Uh, and and be honest and, and and retool and and try to take as much you can for that. And no one wants to hear those names on the trade block if you're an Indians fan. Because but that's the harsh reality right now. Well, when the Indians made the moves they made this past offseason and didn't acquire a real legitimate offensive threat in the process you knew this chance this could happen and it yep. has now it's up to the front office to make the moves to correct us and find the right players who can do it if that's a veteran fine if it's someone young that fits your your demographic and yep. and your financial scenario fantastic. right now yep look like i said if you're going to trade you know I just don't expect Baltimore to trade Trey Mancini because no. he's making six hundred thousand dollars a year. These uh, next eight games are going to well, play, yeah. well, issue, this, like you said, in determining yeah. who we are. Well, yeah. Well, here's the thing: this over the next twenty games, counting these with with uh, with Oakland, it's do or die. I hate putting it in May, do or die, but but it is. If you go eight and twelve, you're probably to the point you're selling, where yeah. You're yeah. probably 10 games out. Yeah. I, the way Minnesota's going right now, I heard a stat. Well, what, what did Minnesota do that you didn't do this year? Minnesota improved their lineup. At, at almost every position. Well, they my, well, yeah. they went out and improved their lineup is my Big point. time. And Big they, time. What, but what happened the year before? They struggled off us. Yep. Okay. The Indians are built on pitching, but you still have to score enough runs because your pitchers are not going to – be a hundred percent every time you're down two starters and your two best starters had very subpar starts and Bowers has been in a funk for three out of the last four starts. So this is, you know, this is where the Indians are at. And, you know, uh, 
you have to make a decision going forward. Traditionally, under Antony, he's always been aggressive. Yep. We'll see if he can be that aggressive this time. When the Indians had an opportunity to make the trade for Miller, they made it. They gave up a lot. They got a great return. Yep. Uh, he's made small moves and big moves. You know, when they needed an outfielder, they went and got Jay Bruce. Yep. When when Brantley went down. And it worked out great. I mean, they, they didn't do it in the playoffs, but it improved that team tremendously. Uh, same thing could be said. You know, last year they took a shot. They went out and got a third baseman. You know, it, it just didn't work. But, you know, when you roll the dice like that on a on – a, you know, on a player, sometimes you – it comes up snake eyes. It's, it's still not a bad move. It happens. You didn't give up anything for them. So, I don't mind. You know, uh, these are the things you got you to gotta understand. But you have to find a player who you can put in, the, in that lineup between two to six that can, that can produce. And, yep. uh, you know – what you're missing out of Jose Ramirez right now is what you need on a daily basis. And uh, they need one more stick. They need a right-handed. Yep. And I'm saying the same thing over and over again. And we'll just wait and see. I just, I'm not sure it's going to happen. I'm not convinced that the Indians will make the move this year. And if that's the case, the seller's market is going to come quickly and yes, fans are going to be upset. And the Bowers, the Klubers, the Lindors are all going to be shopped. Yep. And I'm not saying they're all going to move, but it could happen. More two will be gone. I don't want it to happen because I still think the window's open for this Indians team. The question is, it, it really comes down to Dolan. What is he willing to do? How much? And it's up to the fans, too, because we're going to have to show up to games. Um, I It's boring. I catch it. Yeah. It, but right now, if, if, if the Indians were averaging twenty five to 30000 a game, there may be a reason to to make the move. You mean, I'm not you, sure that's the case. Well, we'll get 25,000 people up there with these 6'10 starts. That's well, – the, and – and I don't want to get going on these six ten starts because it, I've been. Well, look at it this way: the six ten. Today was the last one. Today was the last one, right? No, Thursday's the last one. I had tickets. I had to trade it in. Oh, we have we have a th- game Thursday. Yep. We have yeah Tampa Bay. Okay, Thursday's the last. So one. thank God we, we don't have to see six ten starts till next April. Well, the Indians in the uh, Youngstown State football program need to get together and figure out how to start games. On a regular oh, basis. Oh, oh, now it's too much comments. Hey, they have to figure out how to market themselves first. Well, yeah, uh, they both can use that. But um, but the good old boys network. But yeah. but I digress as I hey. got a $15 upcharge today in season tickets because it is a renewal fee. How, how, how you're going to – charge your loyal season ticket holders a renewal fee who come to these games. You serious? Why is you... 15 bucks, Tim. I asked today why... A $15 the $15 renewal fee? Yes. So if you just bought new season tickets... You not, nope. You would have a 15... So basically... You could save $15 I, if you said, I wasn't going to renew 
and I'll just and then tomorrow went in bought new tickets. Yep. 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 Oh, oh, oh. You ready for this I'm though? Lost for words on that one. But they'll mail you a paper that has the the price before the renewal fee. Look, I still paid it because it's well, yeah, you're a fan and but, you, you but how are you gonna say for a program that's struggling to sell tickets, buy buy season tickets, buy season tickets, buy season tickets, buy season tickets, renew your season tickets. Tim, I've gotten three phone calls the last three months. Renew your season tickets by May Do me a favor. Do me a favor. Yes. Send me that documentation. I got it upstairs. I, I, I believe you. I just, when you get a chance, snap pictures or whatever and send it to me because I want to see it. And we'll talk about that next week. Um, I, I I just, I don't know what to say. I mean, that's, that's. Here, right here. Coming from the Youngstown State University Athletic Department. Renew your season tickets for $117. Okay. There will be a $3 charge for shipping and handling and mailing it and printing. Understandable. That's fine. Don't Understandable. $120. You know what I paid today? One thirty-five. Yes, yes. How you were four and seven last year? You lost to Butler, and your season was over after week one. Yeah. And you're gonna so so, and you're you're gonna call these people and say, renew your season tickets, right? And Joe Schmo's like, hmm, okay, it'll be one twenty, right? No, sir, it it'll be one thirty something. Nope, sorry, you lost to Butler last year. I'm not coming back. They're, 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 it, they had look, a, fifth, a $15 renewable fee. Yes. And I asked her, I said, why is the price you're telling me different now than what I got mailed to and emailed to? And she goes, oh, it's the renewal fee. But, but if I called tomorrow and said Tim Continenza wants to buy a season tickets, I get a polo shirt. I'm lost for words. Tim, every year since 2015, uh, since I've had my tickets, in 2015 when I got my first set of tickets, they were 99 bucks. Okay. Not, nothing. But this is the first year you ever had a renewal fee? Yes. Yes. Because last year, or 16 I called, and it was like a hundred and ten. Okay. They had an extra home game. Maybe. Yeah. After seventeen was hundred and seventeen straight fee because okay, you missed the playoffs, you made the championship game. Uh, I can understand raising your raising your general ticket price up a little bit. That's fine. I got no problem with that. Last year was one twenty. It was one seventeen the standard rate. But the three dollar mailing fee, I'm perfectly fine. Yeah, but shipping handling is normal. That's yeah. But today, after you go four and seven last year, and for the first oh, time, take the four and seven out of the equation. But for the first time in five years, I have I never been that. I understand the frustration of being four and seven. Don't get me wrong, and 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 how they performed at home. No renewal fee. I ever had to pay in the past. There was a renewal fee. I, yeah. I don't even know how to. I don't even know how You're to. Loyal season that. ticket holders, Tim. These are your loyal season ticket holders that keep coming back every year, and you're going to charge them more. I have to ask somebody about that. 
I, I honestly don't know anybody anymore down there, but if that's the first time they've ever charged a fee, it makes no sense. No. I understand there's fees. When you buy a I, ticket, no, no, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. when you buy a ticket for like from Ticketmaster or whatever, yes. Yes. Ticketmaster has their own fee. Yes. That they add on to it and stuff like that. And I get that. And maybe that's the case here. I don't know. <sighs> I'm just I'm I'm surmising I'm guessing is this it is purely is it is it the processing extra game? home game this year? Do they have an extra home game? They may. Yeah, they played twelve home. They played twelve games this year, so seven home games. Yeah, I mean, but is is that it? But what? But why on my paperwork here? Yeah, if they email you the price, then they should honor that price. I believe you. Well, I can't read it, but I trust you. But I know <laughs> no, I totally trust you. I just I I I'm nowhere on here, it. nowhere on here does it say you'll be charged renewal fee. It says about the season tickets, when the deadline is for the Penguin Club. It gives a home schedule. It gives you Penguin Club benefits, season ticket referral program, football sweepstakes. That's it. No renewal fee. Wow. I, I don't know what to say. I, I, why issue? Good luck with that. That's all I got to say. That's usually what I so, say. I don't know what to say. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck this year when your start times are screwy and you got nobody in the stands and your season tickets plummet. Because I guarantee you, Tim, there will be some people that when they go to renew their season tickets, they're going to be like, Oh no, I'm not. I'm not doing that. Uh, I don't know what I. You got me speechless. But why she has done that before to me? I so. was stunned when I heard there was a renewal fee. I can understand if I was a first-time season ticket purchaser, and they want to charge like a purchase fee, like a like a one-time purchase fee. Yeah, but all I can think of this like for being a loyal customer for coming back year after year, you wouldn't have this crap. Most places waive these fees, right? All I can say is this if it like ticketmaster type fees, I don't know. I, I honest I, I can't explain it. Yeah, but who's buying tickets off Ticketmaster for Youngstown State football game? Are, are we even on Ticketmaster? I don't know. I don't think we are. I doubt it. Because when I went to the Illinois State game last year, in normal I said, is there a ticket master? No, they said, just go through Illinois State. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Yeah. Youngstown State season tickets cost $60 more than Ohio State student tickets. Okay. Are you ready for this? Youngstown State season tickets cost $40 more than a six-pack of Friday Saturday and or Sunday Indians home games. You pick the teams and the schedule. Now, football has a premium. That's probably why. I'm guessing. No, I understand what you're saying. Hey. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong on, on quality and all that. I understand what you're saying. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm saying that football has a premium and they're taking advantage of that premium. Uh, oh, they must be. Yeah, I mean, they must have raised prices on their tickets, too. Um, 
No. So GA is still $12? They, uh, let's go back here and look at my email. Because last year, these these have been the same ticket prices for a couple years now. Okay. Uh, hold on. Is, is, it, is it even on here? Um, basically, it's... No, I think if you... Tim, if you walk up to the game, you're paying 22 bucks. It's 22 to get in? Yeah. I thought GA was around 12. General mission. But I, I could be wrong. I know they raised their tickets recently. Why? Oh, is... They may have. I haven't been there in a while, so I can't, I can't uh, comment on that. I have to rely on you. YSU website. Reserved season tickets, 120 bucks. Okay. Okay. Individual game tickets, reserved in advance, purchased online, $20. Right. Day of the game reserved, $22. What about GA? Does it list general mission? They have no GA anymore. Oh, really? Nope. Youth, 12 and under, 10 bucks reserved. Youth, 12 and under, day of the game, 11 bucks. <laughs> I guess they don't have GA no more. You ready for this? Youngstown State Alumni Plan, $60. For okay. a whole season, that's not bad. But guess what? If you graduated five years ago, you got to pay the 130 bucks. Only, only, only the first five, five years. years. Yep. How ridiculous is that? Wow. So, wow. so you're telling me since I graduated in 97, uh, I, I'm not going to get that discount? Nope. Oh, okay. <laughs> My friend is a dual degree for Youngstown State. He graduated five years ago, right? Yeah. He's got to pay the 130 bucks. Yeah. You ready for this? As a Valparaiso alumni who spent a New York minute there because I went to grad school there for for six semesters. Right. I have free season tickets for Valpo basketball the rest of my life. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah, no, that's impressive. I, I, I mean, it has to be something with with – the money they're struggling for money and they're and well, i mean obviously just like anything has a value uh, are they outpricing themselves for this market i don't know i can't answer that because i just don't know their how they came up with their value for their pricing now every yeah, every that's, football that's brochure and everything just says a straight hundred twenty dollars Wow. Yeah. There's a ten to fifteen dollar renewal fee. How, how about this too? You can buy a parking pass for all seven of the Penguins home games this year, right? For a hundred ninety-five dollars. That's a hundred and ninety-five bucks divided by seven. That's twenty-eight bucks a game, Tim. I pay ten bucks. A game, I park in the same spot. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. And maybe if you're listening to this podcast and you're familiar with this, reach out to us because I'm still going to pay the 130 bucks. So they got me there. You know, it's not like I'm going to say no. You know, but I just think it. I just was kind of taken aback today when that was told to me. Yeah, no, I could get that. Well, I was trying to look it up myself here, and I put YSU, and uh, 
Google decided to auto-correct me to LSU, Virginia. Yep, I got that too. I'm like, yeah. no, that's not what I wanted. We're a great start, aren't we? <laughs> it's pretty sad if you put YSU in and and uh, Google automatically uh, recorrects you to uh, West Virginia instead of YSU. Yeah, reserves $120. Family plans $280. Two adults and two youths. Where do you see Renolfi at? Uh, I'm looking here. I don't see any. Day of the game, yeah, $22. Group tickets, $10 per ticket. Hmm. I guess they don't have general mission tickets no more. Well, when they get a whole 3,000 people in the stands against Howard, we'll know why. And I'll be one of those 3,000 people there. Yeah. Young alumni tickets, yeah. It's young alumni. It's not alumni tickets. It's young alumni tickets. Uh, yeah, alumni who graduated from 2015 to present can purchase up to two season tickets for $55 each. That's ridiculous. Young alumni. Yeah. So what, people like you and my dad and my mom don't want to go to games? I guess not. I guess they don't want you there. I don't know. I can't explain it. I can't. I'm not here to figure out why it's you. Uh, I don't get – we don't get paid enough to do that. I mean, that takes uh, – the only one who can answer those questions is uh, President Tressel and the athletic director and and everyone else involved. Uh, there might I be. Can't, uh, I can't answer these questions because I honestly. There, uh, there could be a letter being written in the near future. Well, you know what? If you do write the letter, and I'm not saying you have to, or if someone else does, don't write it to the university. Oh, no. Do an op-ed. Yeah, that's Send it to the vindicator. I mean, that's that's. I mean, one thing I've learned about YSU is they hate bad publicity. Oh yeah. I mean, you go back to this past football or basketball season, where they had the the fiasco with the uh, giveaway, with the uh, when the young man hit the layup, the foul shot, and the mid the the, the mid court shot. Yes. And yes. It was shown on TV and everything else, yep. and then they, they obviously reneged it, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, the insurance company reneged on him. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt of that. And truth of the matter, was he a step over? Yes. But someone handed him the check. Someone da 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 The whole yep. point is it was a fiasco. They, they completely blew it. And then watch them on social media try to defend themselves was, yep. was even worse. I mean – we all step in a puddle of mud once in a while. You know, we make a mistake and we're walking and we, we and your shoe gets wet, it gets muddy. When, when YSU athletics slip, they fall face for, forward. I don't get it. They've done this for 25 years, so it's nothing new. Uh, they just, you know, it's always one step forward and two steps back for them. I don't get it. Yep. But, I, I'm still rooting for them. I still want to see them. I'll still go, and I'll still. I, I still have that dream of making the NCAA tournament someday. Uh, I'm 52 years old, so I'm I'm starting to realize that dream probably will never come true. Uh, girls but, basketball could. Well, girls have made it three times, four times. Yeah, three times and, at least. And they won a first round game, didn't they? Or almost won a first round game. Yeah, they won a first round game. 
That was back around 90... 98, 99, 97? Yeah, 96, 97, 98, in that range. Yeah, whatever it was. Uh, no, no, they... The, the women's team has been successful at times. I mean, they have, they've been up and down, just like anything. And that's going to be happening in sports. I, uh, the football team's been up and down. You know, that's okay. I mean, we've had some big... Some, some spectacular moments and runs and you know that's what it's all about i hope it does get better um i don't know why you would charge a feed for renewal that makes absolutely no sense i uh if if it's brand new it makes absolutely no sense and maybe it's maybe not it's not maybe it's I, not brand new i don't know maybe maybe i missed it yeah and maybe this girl did a good job today explaining it to me i yeah. don't know only way to look, be honest, I don't know. Go back through your own checks and see what you paid last year. One twenty. You know that for a fact. Yep. Okay. Yep. And you paid one thirty-five this year. Yep. Well, there was a fee. Yep. Where did that fee come involved? I don't get it. I then may and maybe it's because of the extra home game. We only had five last year, six last year. We got seven this year. Well, if there's an extra home game, that's an extra ticket. I get the price then. Yeah, that makes sense then. Right. I mean, if so there's that, an extra game, so that makes total sense. Then, then I it's guess not it's not really a fee. It's just another game. I guess it's just wait and see then, to when we get next year's renewal, to see if it's. Well, you, you know, when you get your tickets, you should get a receipt for what you bought, or you should have gotten an email confirming what you just bought. No, no, no. They don't email you. And they have to. They have to give you some type of receipt. This is a professional business. I might. I'm not. I'm not saying they. I just can't imagine they're not giving. They might send you a paper letter saying well, thank you for, for renewing. Yeah, but they should show you an actual receipt of what you bought. A season ticket package. Da 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 da. Breakdown. Just like when you go to the store and you buy a TV, it shows you the price of the TV, the taxes you paid, and where you bought. Well, it. I haven't gotten an email yet. Well. It may come with your tickets. I don't know. Uh, it may come separately, but when you buy tickets anywhere, you get a receipt. Yeah. So I can't imagine there isn't. I, I'm I'm just surmising. I don't know. Uh, makes I. If you divide one thirty divided by seven home games, that is eighteen and a half bucks a ticket. That's four bucks less than what you'd pay. So it that. That could be it. If there's an extra game, that makes sense, the $15. And maybe the renewal fee she meant was just because of the extra home game. Yeah, I mean, if you got an extra game, you're going to pay for it. I mean, that, that makes total sense. I get that. You get. If you're seven, last year's were six games? This year at home, you have Howard, Duquesne, Robert Morris, South Dakota State, Western Illinois, North Dakota State, Illinois State, seven, yeah. Okay, and last year you only had six home games? Uh, last year you had – last year you had um, one, two, three, four, five, six. Six, yep. Okay. Yeah. So the, that would make sense. So the renewal fee probably was not a renewal fee, just an extra game. Yeah, and, and she probably – I'm guessing. That that makes a hell of a lot more sense. Yeah, and then th that 
that makes sense of the flat rate fee is 120 plus the shipping and mailing and all that is in there and the extra game. Yeah, I understand that, that now. Yeah, it has to be an extra game. It has to be. That's my uh, – I'm more convinced it's, it has to be because there's, there's an extra game. You're not going to charge the same price. You're charging per game. Yep. And with a discount because you're buying the, the entire package. And I, that's probably what they're doing. It, it's, there's an extra game this year compared to the previous years. That makes sense. Well, I digress. It's another game you get to sit at the Ice Castle. That's right. That's right. Hopefully it's another win. That's right. That's all we care about. W's. And uh, we will be back for season two this year of uh, the Ice Castle Report. Yes. Kicking off in August. An early, an early, early edition of the Ice Castle Report as we are the first college football game of the season this year. Ah, off the uh, the college football season. So there you go. So we will be, be good uh, fun. And uh, I think we can officially also say that for the first time ever, Radio MVP will be live on site at the 2020 season opener up in Akron as we take on our neighbors from Stark County. There you go. Or is it Summit County? Uh, Who cares? Our little brothers from Summit, Akron are playing. I think us. Akron's actually Summit. Summit, our little brothers finally decided to play us again. So we'll be live. Tim and I will be live, breaking it down. So, hey, we'll have a lot of fun. And it it's good. It's May twenty second officially, and you've already got me fired up about it. Season that starts in four months. All right, real Three quickly, months. real quickly here. Uh. Liverpool came up just short of the yes. championship. Uh, they lost it by a point. Very heartbreaking news. I saw that, yeah. Uh, typical fandom for me, so it makes sense. Uh, <laughs> and, however, they play in the championship league, which is, I think, June 1st so in um, Madrid. So we'll see yep. if they can win that one. And as for our, our stuff down underneath, uh, or down under, I should say, not underneath, uh, Collingwood continues to play well, and believe it or not, it's week nine already. Wow, down there, it's crazy it's going fast. All right, enough of that. <laughs> we'll talk more about that. I gotta get a couple people on from down there just to do that. Our good friend James uh, Dotson's headed out to Indianapolis. I'm gonna try to get him on, even if it's 10 minute little interview, and we'll just throw it out there as a bonus. Uh, if not. I tried. He hasn't answered me yet, so I can record a phone call, so we'll see what we can do. Uh, I'd love to talk to him down there in uh, Indianapolis as he gets ready for the Indy 500, something different. And uh, hopefully we'll talk to you all very soon here on Radio MVP. This went a little longer, but as typical improvised yep. Radio MVP, no uh, script, anything can happen. And we'll go out any road, and uh, I still can't get over that uh, – the potential of a fee there. I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm so glad it wasn't. I'm so glad it's just an extra game. Let's go with that. It makes so much more sense. Yeah, let's believe it's an extra game till I get my receipt, huh? Yeah, exactly. All right, for Anthony, I'm Tim. This is Radio NBC, episode number 66. We'll be talking to you soon. Have a great day, everyone. Bye.